I'm Pace Freed, the host of the X Factor Roping Podcast, as well as the creator of XFactorRoping.com. And I just want to thank you for you guys supporting, listening to this podcast, supporting X Factor Roping and following us on social media. You know, X Factor Roping is something that we've worked so hard on. I believe it is the best website out there to improve your roping. And it would mean so much to me if you would sign up and show your support and become part of the X Factor Roping family. Thank you for listening. All right, so we're back on the X Factor Team Open Show and uh, podcast, and we got Clay Logan. Clay is one of the, if not the best, roping horse trainers that I've ever had the privilege to watch. And it's been pretty cool, Clay, to just see your program. And you know, and I get to hear a lot of the stories about the horses that you train, and just you know what you've done. And you've got a pretty amazing life's work. So, uh, Clay, if you would just kind of introduce yourself and some of the, you know, some of your credentials. Okay. Well, uh, my name's Clay Logan. Um, I'm 49 years old, originally from uh, Arizona. Moved here in 1997. Uh, I'm a professional horse trainer. I'm a five-time AQHA world champion. Um, we've won, I think, maybe eight eight paint world championships and some reserves and and uh, a few rodeos here and there. And just, uh, but anyways, we train horses for a living and been been here at the same place since 2000. Well, Clay, uh, kind of started off growing up in Arizona. It's some pretty rough country that a yes. guy can get in, and it really can make some great cowboys. <laughs> and uh, and you know, it's a, it's an interesting lifestyle. Can you kind of tell me about that? What it was uh, like yeah, I was, I was real fortunate. Honestly, I was raised on a ranch there. My dad was a, a foreman on a couple different ranches where we were at, and he was a great cowboy. And then I was around uh, numerous cowboys: Tom Johnson, Steve Hampton. My dad's name was Cotton Logan. And uh, anyways. Uh, Tim Lang, just just people the Wiki Up area, the Kirkland Prescott area, and uh, Kingman, and it was all real rough country. I mean, it was, you know, the Bradshaw Mountains were were uh, real rough. I worked for Ben Overson over there also, and the Dollar Hides. I've known them forever, and and I was fortunate to be able to learn how much a horse really could take in bad country. Working compared to now that you know, I, I, I look how how. Uh, it's it's amazing how tough they are, but yes, yet how how uh, how uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? How easily they're you know can be hurt or this that. When I was growing up, right. a horse was like a ranch truck. I mean, that was that was your job. That was what you had to go do. And and the country was rough. And and uh, I, I'm I think I'm really thankful that I got to do that growing up. Right. The the horses and the wild cattle and the wild stories and being a cowboy. So, when Clay says the country is pretty rough, I mean it's rock, mountains straight up and down. I mean it is yeah. cactus. It is as rough as it gets. Yeah, it's 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 dang sure rough. I mean, you know, it's 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 you know that a lot of those cowboys don't get enough credit for what they do. I mean, uh, the they got to know the cattle, know the country, know how to get through there, be able to have enough horse to get home, be able to have enough horse to get the cattle caught and get them out of there, get them tied to the tree and lead them and it's a lifestyle and I'm like I said I was real fortunate to be able to do that before I did this <clears throat> I know like on the process like when you're catching them cattle and leading them out and it's it's a heck of a deal and uh, you know I what is amazing to me the guys I've been around is the horses I mean it's like you said this is hard on the horses yeah you put is. them through so much and uh, and you know you're usually taking big raw boned tough right. type of horses right. and, and, and they bred those horses four years ago, but you know that you know really the bigger bone, the bigger footed, real tough, colder backed, 
You know, that's they could they could handle the rough country. They could live. You know, these finer boned horses would have a hard time out there. Right. Those horses were raised in the rocks, and you know they got around good. They might not be the biggest athlete, but they could they could get you through your day, and you could survive. You know, and then you could get the cattle caught and do your job. And so, was that where you learned how to start breaking horses and yes. training horses? Yeah. You know, years ago I broke horses also for the K four inch the key keepers Chuck Shepherd, which they had Driftwood Ike and. And, uh, you know, they didn't start the Colts till they were later, you know, four years old. And, and then they were old enough you could make a full day, full circle on them. But, the, you know, the country was just too rough for a younger horse to be able to do it. Right. And you got to see, they were tough, don't get me wrong, because they weren't gentle. I mean, it, it, was, it was long days. But, you know, those, those kind of horses, you know, they lasted long. They didn't, they, didn't, they didn't hurt them as a young horse. And they got, they had, to, by the time they were five or six, they could stand about all you could, you, you could do, you know, so... Right, and did you rope or rodeo much? I rodeoed up? a little bit in the late '80s. Uh, won a few, won a few pro rodeos. Uh, jackpotted a little bit, and then I just more or less ranched there. Right. Until uh, in 1996, um, Don Dodge lived in Arizona, right there at Kirkland, by my where my brother was at. Don was a famous horseman. I don't know if anybody's known him. They should. He uh, trained numerous great horses and, and was a great, great horseman. Anyways, I was fortunate enough he brought me out here on a trip to go look at some horses, and, and I, got, I, I was taken to Sam Matlock Roses, and Tom tried some horses and bought a horse, and then I uh, came back to the World Show and, and uh, helped Sam's amateurs at the World Show. That was my first time to be around any kind of quarter horse showing or any, really any, any show event. And then uh, a year later, then I moved out and went to work for Sam and Don got me a job for Lindy Birch and I worked for Lindy for about a year and then I uh, worked for a DLR Stallion Station, trained cutting horses for started Colts for, for Chris Benedict and then and then I, my last job before I went on my own, I worked for Kobe Wood and he was great to work for. Kobe probably was uh, very good, one of the best, one of the best hands I worked for. Right. And he also did, I mean, at that point in time, he let me do a lot more. And the more he let me do, the more I learned, and, and which I appreciate all that. And that's actually where Replay came from, was uh, Kobe and Paula. Okay, awesome. Yeah. Uh, so you got to apprentice under a lot of different guys mm -hmm. from right. multiple backgrounds, right. from you know just cowboys to right. cutters, uh, all kinds of aspects on it. Uh, what was the main decision on when you're going to start on your own and start... You know, going going out there essentially and training horses under your name. Well, at one point in time, I always rode a few rope horses on the side when I worked for the cutters and stuff. Um, I didn't, you know, at one point in time, I, I considered wanting to be a cutting horse trainer, but it was going to be too expensive. We didn't have couldn't afford a big enough place. So when I went on my own, I realistically I had a couple. I had I had two training horses here when we started. Right. And uh, then I I, uh, I I trimmed mares and colts for Phil Rapp. I go there and trim his brood mares, the two-year-olds, his yearlings. I, uh, you know, I might start some colts over here for somebody. I just did whatever it took to, to build our business. Like I said, when we started here, I had two horses, and now we have fifty some here. Right. You know, and and we now have a covered arena and the, and the, you know, a really, I think a, a facility I'm proud that we own. Well, just, I mean, you're one of the brand names and has, and have moved forward and really is just. One of the front runners, as far as all that goes, as far as I'm concerned, and it's pretty cool to hear that because you started. I mean, I mean, all the way from the beginning at the bottom, there wasn't much. You had you know, to learn it all yourself. Yeah, when I first started doing some real horses over here, Ryan Motes lived right across the road. Ryan wasn't very old. I want to say 16, maybe. And uh, so, anyways, I went. I, I spent quite a bit of time with Ryan. Well, through the years, he's been one of my great friends too. But 
he, uh, uh, I rode whatever they sent we rode. I mean, good, bad, and different. Now we're a lot more fortunate to get probably a lot better quality horses than I started with. I got to start with with uh, just whatever anybody would send us, and I did the best I could do with what we had. And, and uh, I mean, I think you could take a, if you can take an average horse and make him a, if you can take a horse's below average and make him a good horse, I think you've done a really good job. I mean, that's hard to do, and, and through the years, of, I, I'm, more proud of some of the horses that probably weren't the greatest horses we got trained compared to the ones that were really good because they actually took a lot of work and in the end I was happy to be able to get some results out of them for people. Right. Uh, we actually, uh, we, were, we were doing a podcast with Ryan a couple of weeks ago and he talked about how you kind of got him roping essentially mm -hmm. it was really helped Ryan up start out with right. a lot of things and he did have one funny story he was, you know, he, he said uh, you had this turquoise saddle that you'd won that you were pretty proud of and he said, whatever horse you put it on that day, he'd seen it fall <laughs> he'd on it. He'd follow backwards. He'd fall on it. Something would happen. It happened every time. And Ryan, he got the biggest kick out of that. Cause it, if I put it on, I'd put it on the best sorry horse that I had. <laughs> and uh, it would get flipped over on every time. Or they'd run it into the fence. Or they'd fall down or whatever. So when you were getting going with your personal training program and, and moving forward with that, did you kind of have a big picture in mind? Or what helped you? You know, you know, I started going to the quarter horse shows. I spent some time. I, I would go up to Robbie Schroeder's and rope with Robbie there were when I got a chance to. Gary Wells. I mean, you have to open your eyes. Uh, J.D. Yates came by and helped me a time or two. Um, but those guys were the top of the game in right. the horse training when I well started. And, and not that they're still great right now in this day and age. Don't get me wrong. But uh, I think I was fortunate enough to maybe I maybe I absorbed quite a bit by watching what they did in some spots, um, I, but most everything was, was pretty well self-taught. Right. On, on, I mean, I, I'm proud of that on one fact, you know, but I mean, I'm pretty sure that if I would have went a different direction and worked under somebody that, that, that like that, it maybe would have been better. Maybe it would have been worse. I don't know. I mean, I think that we've, we've done okay that way without it. But. Right. Well, just constantly investing in your knowledge and your skill, but at the same time being out there doing it. And so you kind of know where your limits are, where you might be getting hung up in your training program on right. some horses. And well, I mean, even like today, there's a few times where there's a few things didn't go exactly the way I wanted it to go. And in years past, I probably would have been a lot quicker to get after a horse or do something. And today I was like, well, I'll just ride, ride my way through it and I'll get it all taken. In the end, I got it taken care of and I was satisfied with what happened. But it's a... Uh, you know, I mean, there's a lot. And the older I get, the more patient I get. I got to say that. I mean, of course, my dad told me that would happen, but right. you don't, you know, of course, listen as much as you probably should. But. I understand that. I, I really <laughs> suffer from that all the time. Myself, myself. <laughs> uh, you know, we, we were talking, we did some instructional videos for X Factor mm -hmm. today, and one thing that you said that really jumped out to me was riding the horse for what he is and his right. ability level. Right. Can you kind of elaborate that? Well, I mean, you. you You've got to remember that every, I mean, every horse is just like, you know, like you or I. I mean, I, can, I, can I play basketball? Well, I can shoot the basket in the hoop sometimes, and I can make it sometimes, and, and uh, but to the best of my abilities. But you can't go ask a, a horse that is uh, just a medium-level talent horse to go be, you know, Scooter, the Charles Pope guy. Right. I mean, it's not physically possible for him to do it. But you can get them to, if you can get them to where they can score and they can run a good pattern and they can be at the best of their abilities, that's really all that you can do as a trainer is to train the horse to the best of the horse's abilities. Right. I mean, you, and if you try to keep 
try not to expose their real weak spots and try to encourage their bright spots. You know, I mean, there's some horses that are going to score better, some horses that have a little more run. There's, but you've got to try to put it all in a one little deal and try to just try to make the best package out of it as you possibly can, and then not get caught up in something that you can't control physically, that you can't control because the horse physically can't do something. Well, and two, do you think that being consistent, just getting a little bit, teaching them things can, on a consistent basis? I, I think a daily, you know, lots of times on these horses, just a, even if, you, if it's 10 minutes a day compared to one day of an hour, you're, you're going to get, you're going to get, it's, it's repetition. And I believe there's lots of, and there's there's times there's lots of days for a day off for a horse too. They're just like a person. I mean, somebody's like, "Well, you're gonna rope, you're not gonna rope on that horse six days a week." Well, that horse can't handle it six days a week. Right. That horse physically, probably, and mentally needs a day or two to get themselves under control. And you know, I know lots of times you can we can work ourselves through it. And I know that heck, a couple of days I can come back and I'm a little fresher and I'm a little bit more focused. But you just grind them and grind them every day. You know, I got to run. I got to run twenty steers on this horse. I don't really think it's fair to those horses at times. When I, and I might, I might get on one and run two. If that horse is good after two, heck, you know what? I'm gonna go with it. But as, until he proves me wrong, right? I'm not gonna, not gonna just keep, just keep slaving them through it all. You know? Yeah. I, and I've talked to a lot of guys. Like Chad Masters had a really interesting story. He said he was riding some horses. He said I would log it each day how many I ran. And he said the magic number for me was five. So five steers on each of the horses was when they got mm -hmm. better consistently. Right. And, then, and then there's a good theory, you know. But I do think going back to my background in the, in the you know, the cowboy and the wild cow, I've seen how much a horse can take before they give up. Right. And there's a line that they'll give up and they're, they're, they're unfixable. Right. And not every horse is going to train in this business. And there's, trust me, I'm sure I've messed some up and I'm probably going to mess some more up. It is what it, I mean, right. they're not all, they're not all going to be trained, but, but, there's also a line that if one's dangerous or something like that, you know, we need to be, I always tell, I tell Kate, I tell everybody, it's work for me. Always tell the truth about the horse because the horse is always going to tell the truth when he goes home. Right. There's no reason to not be honest with whoever, whatever you're doing. Tell them, hey, if this is here, tell them the truth. Sometimes people can't handle the truth and they get upset that you don't, they don't think that you tried to do your job or didn't do a good enough job or whatever. But I mean, you got to, for, you know, we have, of course, we've had somebody get bucked off, get the collarbone broke, you know, things are going to happen. But if we can avoid some of those problems, I want to steer clear of it best I can. And I want to make sure when the horses go, whoever has them, whoever buys something from us, I want to make sure they're vet checked. I, I ask them to vet check them. I want them to be totally happy. I don't, I mean, if there's something I know about them, I want to tell them the truth. I don't want to have any problems. Well, I think that's one thing you do a great job is you have a ton of depth here, and it's not like you're in it short term to sell a right. horse and get right. maximum amount of dollars and just get rid of them because right. you essentially need the money or whatever whatever the case may be. You know, you're this is a, a huge foundation for what you've set up with your horse program, and your you know your horses are trained and they're and you represent them for what they are, and I, I think that's really that's really important to do, and and you know what you've done with that. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah, we uh, we're. Like I said, I think today we roped all morning. I don't even know how many horses we rode, but I think there was two horses over six years old that we rode today. Right. And that was a head horse that, that I have, and then replay. That was it. Everything else there was six, six to four years old. Right. You know, and most everything here is that age, and we don't. 
you know, they'll stay and then we'll, they'll, but most, most everything's younger horses. Yeah, and it's cool just to see the foundation that you've got on them and it just seems like they fit a ton of level of ropers and, you know, when they move on to the next stages of their lives and get older, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, Clay, I mean, obviously my, one of my favorite all-time horses is Replay. Um, I, I mean, I would like to talk about him and, and get into it, but yeah. I know that you can tell the story no, way he, better than me. He, so no, I wanna... he's, he's been a great horse for us. We're real fortunate to get him. Right. Like I said, Paul and Kobe, uh, Paul called us like after, I want to say after maybe the, it was either after the Super Stakes or after the show at Abilene. She said they had a horse that we need to look at. And so I loved that. So I drove down there and, uh, and uh, looked at the horse and she's like, hey, they're like, hey, if you like him, just take him, ride him. And I actually loped about two circles, three circles each way and told him I'd take the horse. Right. I mean, he, he fit what I wanted to do. And then we brought him home and uh, he, uh, he trained real easy and went, went, went right to it. We were very, very lucky to get him. Right. And he's, uh, he's been a lot of fun and, I mean, we've had a lot of great stories. But. So with replay, um, you know, you're starting to put him into the training program. Was there a time when you're like, okay, this horse, we've got something really special here? Or did you ever notice it or how was that? Uh, was no, like? he caught up so fast. I mean, he, he caught like uh, I had sold a really nice horse for Rich Skelton that we had out of Betcha Blue Boons. It was a great horse. I really liked him. And uh, and I bought Replay. was only had about two or three months training. Well, And Rich bought that horse. And he just, that horse just filled right in pretty, I mean, he was green, but I just stuck him in the trailer because I didn't have anything else. Right. And he just pretty well took over right there and, and did, you know, went right on for us. So we were real lucky that way. And what about replay do you think that he can, what makes him so special? Oh, man, a horse is just so smart and he can run and he can stop and his shoulders are up. He doesn't, he doesn't really try to, he doesn't want to, he's never been one to try to take your throw. I mean, he's just been, he always tries. And, you know, we've had a, he, uh, we had a little trouble with him some years back. So they had some, he had a reaction to some medicine and, and kind of set us back for a couple of years with him. But he, uh, like, he's been outstanding. I mean, you know, he tries every time. Right. And what, what have you all, just in case that we don't know, what has Replay won in his career? Um, I've won two world championships on him, and I've won a reserve. I don't know how many top tens we've won with World Show and all that. And uh, probably years that we messed up, I probably missed on him, right. <laughs> to be honest with you. Right. And, uh, and Colleen won, uh, actually she won third last year and she's won a fourth on him. She's never won the amateur, which we would like for that to happen. Right. Yeah. That's pretty cool to see. I actually got to heal one on him, or two on him today. Oh, yeah, that was great. That was, yeah, that was pretty fun. Yeah. I, uh, <laughs> it's a lot of horse. I'm, I'm impressed about how much talent Ronnie does have. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. Uh, so in your career, when you were starting on your own and getting into the shows, what was your first kind of big win or, you know, what was one of My the... My first big win was on a horse called uh, W.R. Wired Wichita. And he was raised by the Wichita Ranch in down in Brenham. And uh, actually, I've won the world. I have another, another gilding here that's out of him that I won the world on, too. And uh, that, I won reserve on that stud for the for they were they were one of the few first customers that gave us a chance to to go do good. And right. that that stud, Mark Johnson owns him now, and they, actually we were real 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 happy to have him. He was a real pretty guild, real, real, real pretty stud. And uh, at these shows, what are they judged on? What is the? Can you kind of take me through the judging sure, process? Sure, like in like in the in the heading, they're going to judge the horse on how he scores, and how he how he breaks, runs, and rates the steer. And the, how he sets and handles the steer off, and how he faces. Right. Those are those are the. So uh, in the quarter horse, the face is going to be different than the rodeos are. They're going to kind of stop more and then turn around. 
and uh, and and then the healing is going to be the same thing. You know how they are in the box, how they're running rate, and their position, and their stop, and how they handle the jerk when the when you heal the steer. Right. And that's actually one of Replay's strongest points. A horse, if you watch every picture we have that, that he's done through the years, is when you heal the steer and dallied, that horse was always so square and never, like, never moved. It didn't right. matter how hard they hit him, what they did. He just, it was, that was, he, he was a great, great, that's probably his strongest point. He's a great finisher. Yeah. Really physical he, horse. Yeah, phys, you know, real, you know, shoulders up, down, and his butt down, and, like, he was real strong that way. Right. And at the, like, the world show, how many steers will you run? Well, it's a, it's a, they'll have one go and then they'll have a, a short round after that. They'll take the top 15 or they might have a wild card round if they have over so many horses and then they'll, but they take the top 15 to 20 back and then they, then they have to come back for one more steer. Right. And, uh, you know, you talked about, uh, I was asking you earlier about some of your favorite horses and obviously replay was mm -hmm. one, but you, you know, you had a head horse that you sold the other day. Yeah, I had a head horse. I sold Thomas Brayman that I loved him. His name was a uh, neat little rocket man. He was by <coughs> neat little cat. <clears throat> he was a we bought him as a three-year-old scored tried every time he was a great horse and, and uh, like I said I'm glad that he got a great home so right. yeah and hopefully I get to see Thomas riding a little bit more so. yeah that, that'll be pretty cool uh, Clay what are some of the biggest things that you've learned and you'd recommend to you know especially like the younger crowd and guys that are wanting to get into the horse training world what were some steps that you might uh, you'd recommend that they take uh, First thing is, you know, keep your eyes open, pay attention to what people are doing, and don't get discouraged if you don't win. Right. Because it is a hard deal. I mean, it's, I mean, go through the years, you think you should win, and you don't win that day, and it's hard. I mean, as long as you can walk away from them horse shows, or you can walk, or you can walk away from a roping, and you feel like that you've done all that you could do, and your horse was good, and you're satisfied with it, you've got to start with that. Right, and, and and then and then go forward. I mean, there's been, been there's some years I came from the world show and I wasn't very happy with myself. I remember unloading ten out of horses and going to work the next day. That right. day, I mean, I didn't feel like I did a good enough job, and I was back at it. And that's that was what I thought it took to to uh, to go forward. A pretty relentless work yeah. ethic. Yeah, and you know you got to set your goals high, and you have to and you have to perform at a high level. I mean, these right. guys are that rope nowadays. I mean. It, there's, you know, there's we're rope against the greatest there is, and and you know, JD Yates, and, uh, unbelievable. You know, you, you, every if you can beat him every week, he's hard to beat. That's just part of it. Right. Uh, one thing that I kind of want people to keep in mind is, I mean, you whatever it took. You know, when you said you were whatever starting, it took, you were trimming mares, riding right. horses, and, and it, you did it because you loved it. Exactly. And that, and that's I think that's really important yeah. because if you're getting on terrible horses and you can't see a big picture, you probably don't want exactly. to do it very long. You might not want to be a horse trainer. I right. mean, I, I wanted to be a horse trainer. I right. wanted to be a cowboy. Right. Uh, and even today, kind of take me through a typical day here on how many you ride and what you do. You know, we'll get through 30-some head of horses a day. I mean, uh, we rode colts this morning. We had some colts we started. We had some two-year-olds going. We might rope the dummy on some. It depends on where we're at. On, and some of my older horses might not need it every day. You know, so they'll get to put on the walker, whatever, whatever. As long as everything gets a little something done with them, that's kind of where we're at. And if I have something I'm have more trouble with, he gets more runs. Right. You know, until I get them the way I think we need them, and then I might have to back off and give them a little bit. I don't want, you know, lots of times them horses get to go in the other way, and they're telling you something. I mean, they're sore. I mean, their hawks are sore. They might, the coffin joints might be sore. I mean, if you, if you start getting, go from, like, a horse being great, and then all of a sudden it starts deteriorating on you, 
you need to step back and evaluate what the problem is and say, hey, is it me? Is it something I'm doing? Am I, am I doing my job? Let me call the vet. Let's let's go see if let's let's go see if there's a problem before I get in a bigger battle with this horse. Let's go try to, you know, I mean Daryl Elliott's a great horse chiropractor, which you know I, I would recommend to do anything. Uh, we you know we, we we start with the vet and then, and then I have Daryl do some stuff for us. Right. And I, I see large results. And lots of times the horse is telling us they're sore. Horse is telling us there's a problem, and we don't listen, and we just keep forcing it on them. I think. If you can open your eyes sometimes and and just not you know go in it that saying well I know I'm you know about this horse this horse in the sore and they actually are most of the time they're telling you there's something wrong right well and that's it's pretty cool it, is it just you and Cade that ride the horses Cade and I and then I have, we have my nephew Trevor which he, he ropes on some of these cult they get, they'll help us with these horses on the dummy and they rope on some of these they turn steers for us and. And saddle and saddle. They do whatever it takes and have Wyatt too, does the same thing, starts some colts for us, helps Cade with some of that stuff. I don't really, I help Cade get some colts going, but I really don't want to ride the two year olds anymore. I'm, I'm uh, getting, getting past that in my life that I don't really want to have any more bad wrecks. I've had a few uh, that I've overcame and, overcame and, and survived, and I'm right. hoping to keep that to a minimum now. Uh, well, talk to me a little bit about bringing Cade on and, and what you looked for because he's been with you for. Cade's been with us over five years. Right. He's Cade's been a great. We were, we were very lucky to get Cade before Cade. We had Clint Johnson work for us. Clint did a great job. Five years, you know, hard worker, very talented. Um, and then we we're just very just as lucky to get Cade. I mean, work ethic's great. Comes from a horse training family. It's not like I mean, work is not a work is not a problem for him to get up every day. You don't have to ask him to do anything you don't have to ask him to stay late you don't have to do what people have to realize doing this is we don't have a clock right realistically yeah we'd like to be able to go do this and that whatever but if it's not done we're not going to quit till we're done right unless you know somebody's sick or if there's whatever but realistically Kate is great he's a hard worker he, you know he, this is what he wants to do and that's why he's going to be good at it and that's why he is good at it right what time do you guys usually get up and get after it in the mornings? You know, there? this time of year we're starting about seven, and I think we got to the house last night about seven thirty. Right. You know, um, come summertime, it'll, it actually is easier. It might sound crazy, but we'll start about four in the summer, right. and we don't have hardly any interruptions till through nine o'clock. By nine o'clock, we'll have twenty some head of horses rode. Now, since we have this covered arena, we can go inside and ride them colts and not be quite as hot. Be done by noon or one o'clock, two o'clock, whatever it takes, you know. Right. But it's uh, summertime. We can we don't get many interruptions because there's not we don't have many friends at four o'clock in the morning. Yeah, and maybe not a lot of friends that want to stay around here <laughs> no. in Texas in the middle of summer. That's it is right. a That's hot yeah. sucker over here. But you know, being able to just crave it and work like like you do, like Kade does, it's 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 a heck of an atmosphere because you guys get through these horses and do a good job with them. It's not like you're just blasted through and just scrambling. Everything right. is really efficient. There's a game plan for all the horses. You've got guys that can fill in to, to give a horse a specific type of handle or whatever you need. You've got guys that are helping you get them ready. I think that's, it's, you know, it's just pretty cool how you've learned to be so efficient and, and take on more horses here too. Yeah, and like I said, and these other boys too, as they come up through there, the Wyatt and Trevor, you know, I need to put those guys on these horses for more than one reason. Well, for one reason, I need to see where I'm at with them horses at times. Right. The second reason is, and this is a real key in, in anything, I really do believe, I've, I've always been one to never tell, I've never hardly told anybody no about riding anything. And reason being is I, as I did, until you feel what I, what I think a really good horse is supposed to feel like, you don't really know. So if you can't get on and experience it, 
how can you tell your a young guy that you want him to do this and that, whatever, if they don't know what it's supposed to feel like? Right. So that was, like I said, when I worked for Kobe, he let me ride, you know, he let me ride some, ride some great horses. It won hundreds of thousands of dollars in the cutting. Right. And the re and his reason was his, you know, his thought process. And I look back now, it was, hey, this is what they're supposed to feel like. Now you have to learn how to get them to where they feel like this. Right. And that's exact. And that's you know, it's it's really cut and dry. It's it's true. It's a, it's a plain fact. <laughs> I, I think mean, there's uh, so I, can't, much I really can't put it any clearer than that. Right. I I couldn't agree with that anymore. Uh, so, what is one of the major things that uh, you've kind of was there a moment when you kind of, that first year you were getting ready, uh, preparing for the world show, when did you know that you felt like you had a chance to win it? Or was that, did you kind of feel that before? Or when? Uh, I mean, you always dream of winning it. So right. I think, I think if a person goes up there with attitude that, um, I never went to the world show with the attitude of, well, if I just, if I make, if I make the top 10, I'm going to be happy. Right. I mean, that just wasn't my, it wasn't what I, my goal was. You know, my realistically, my goal is to win ten world championships. Was my goal right. is my goal, and I'm halfway there. Right. I mean, I'd like to get the other other five, and then I would be I would be content with fulfilling kind of what I had set out to go do in the right. AQHA. So, That's and now the thing that the real really th the bright thing to look forward to now is that uh, Dean Tuft and Jay Wadhams have started a new rope horse fraternity deal. Dean's got this you know great fraternity last year for Fort Worth. They had a show. At, they had a deal at Scottsdale this year earlier. They're going to have one in um, Tulsa, Oklahoma. It's a judged and timed event, and really, you, it's still it's still a jackpot because you have to go catch. Right. But I mean, it makes it to where you showcase your horses, and uh, I think it's a great, great venue. I think it could turn into. I think people should be able to go watch, and they're going to be able to go see, go to a rope and. Go to a place and see some horses from six and six and six to four years old, and they're going to get to see a lot of great horses go. And this is what is going to keep building into the horse business, as far as I'm concerned. Let those horses be shown until they're six years old, and then those horses are ready to go to somebody to go World Series on, or the U.S. Finals, or whatever they want to go to jackpot, and have a good trained, really well trained horse. And I hope that this goes forward the way it looks, at, the way it's just getting better as it goes. And, and like I said, we've got a numerous amount of horses now in here just for those shows, right. not just the AQHA stuff. And I think that this is, this is a great future for young horse trainers. I mean, let's just like Dakota, let's put it that way. Here's a guy that's rodeoed, made the finals three times, you know, outstandingly talented. Now he's actually trying to get himself in a better spot to where he rides a little better and ropes, you know, and now if he can win enough money and he can train some horses through the years where he doesn't have to rodeo for a living, if that's what he doesn't want to do, right. he wants to stay home, he's got a good option. And I really hope this deal goes forward. And like I said, Dean and Jay are doing a very good job and, and uh, I'm looking forward to their one they're having this fall. Well, and what's cool about it, if I understand, <coughs> understand this correctly, is it's a, a judged and timed event. Yes. So the timed event portion will mean you'll have kind of a face a little bit more like a, a rodeo right. horse or a jackpot. Exactly. And so you, you're realistically, you're going to have this, you know, this set of uh, probably like credentials that you're looking for exactly. in these horses. Right. And then, uh, but it will still fit to a World Series guy exactly. or a BFI guy exactly. wanting to ride a pro I rodeo. Think, like I said, I think it's a great, I think it's a great venue. 
those horses can go right through a program, like I said, and, and uh, when they get when they're re through when they're aged out in that, they should be ready to go to somebody's house, and they shouldn't have any trouble with them. And then on top of it, we got guys like you, uh, Dakota. Who are some other guys that are that are training horses and have them in the fraternity? Um, well, we, we got Brad Lund, right? And then you know, there's Steve Morse got horses up there in Oklahoma. Does a good job. Brad, Steve, us, JD. He's gonna always have a, a good numerous round of horses. Um, Dustin Allen that works for JD is a very good upcoming young hand that's done a done a great job. JD's been down through the years and uh, had some you know shoulder and had a few little issues, broken ankle, and uh, did a great job. His son Trey done a good job. Right. Um, I see Shake Harrell and them are having some horses here. We had Clay Smith help us last year. Right. Billy Jack Stevens did a great job. I mean, it's it's starting to open doors that you're seeing the you know the guys from NFR were there last year. Right. You know, uh, at that at that trade last year helping. You know, we had Chad Masters, we had we had Clay Smith, you know, Trey Trey Yates was there, Billy Jack was there. I mean, uh, I can go. I know I'm missing a lot more of them too, but my point is, as you can see, I think it's it's starting to pull in what needs to be, and you know, for us to go compete with those guys. They, I mean, they, they rope. They, they, they rope at a higher level than I do, which I totally get that. I'm, I'm okay with that. But I can still go compete with them. Right. At this, being so as it way I look at it, my horse has got to be maybe a point or two better than theirs, and I can go a jump or two longer and right. catch, and I can still win. And that, and like I said, I think that's the the good part about what they have set up in this. Right. And I, I think it'll be cool because like one thing you're noticing with the judged events is there's. It's a jackpot type of right. run, and these horses have to. You're not making up for a lot of it with rope talent. Right. You're using your horse first exactly. and number one. That's and that's the whole deal. You know, the time will take care of itself, but you still you still got to catch your steers. But the second part is, you have a really good horse. Your horse is going to gain enough points where it goes by too. Right. So it's a well balanced situation, and Jay and them have done a good job, I think, by trying to get some qualified people in there that like know what a rope horse is supposed to go do right uh they know when one's not being good in the box they know when one is leaning on you out there they know when one's not stopping they know when we're not hiding all this stuff i mean right there i think i think this is a very good direction that everything's going with i'm pretty excited to yeah we're very excited for. like i said i'm hoping you know i didn't do last year i was i got pretty sick over there i didn't do i didn't i didn't have a very good show that day but it is what it is and and uh, I guess uh, lots of times losing makes you a little bit hungrier to win next time. Right. I go in there hopefully with a with a with a better finishing this time. That's great, um, Clay. You know, if someone was interested, uh, you know, they could. Where would be a good spot to find you, or you know, if they're. I think uh, I think we have Logan Performance Horses on Facebook. Clay okay. Logan Performance Horses on Facebook would be probably the easiest. Yeah, my wife takes care of most of that, so you'll uh, it'll get it'll get sent down through there somewhere, I believe. All right, perfect. Uh, is there anything you want to add? Oh, we just appreciate y'all coming out. It was a fun day, and I hope that uh, everything uh, went good. And, and, and you guys are easy to work with. We oh, got, you know, blast. we got Landon over here, which he's awesome. I mean, he said he, he keeps everything totally under control. Yes, yeah. so. I am the glue. <laughs> <laughs> really holds it all together, doesn't he? Now, I'm going to tell you. I can tell you one funny story though that happened with replacing. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. So Michael Jones came over here, and uh, this is when he had Jackal. So he comes and calls one day. He's going to come, jack come over here and rope at the house. And uh, so uh, he brings Jackal over here, and he tells Colleen, he says, hey, you just, get on, just heal on Jackal today. I'm like, oh, he doesn't need it. I mean, that horse is. He said, no, just, just, she, she can just ride today. So she heals on him there all day, and, and we have a pretty good time. And he's roping some on replay, and he goes, uh, 
hey, let's let's run let's run a couple on replay with no bridle. And I said, well, I never have, but all right, well, let's do it. Right. So Michael gets on. He runs four or five steers on replay. He kind of just wheels around there, heels and dallies, and we're having a pretty good time. And he's and he's like, uh, hey, Colleen, why don't you? Uh, well, once you took the bridle off of old Jackal and heel one on him, and she looks at me and I'm like, well, I mean, I don't know. You know, Jackal, he was pretty, he had quite a bit of fire to him. He left there. He was going, you know. So right. Anyways, Colleen, she, we get her in the box over there to get the bridle off of Jackal. And, uh, man, the gate's banging up. Jackal takes off. And, uh, anyway, they turned the steer and he got a little bit by right there. And Colleen, she looked like uh, whiplash the monkey down through there. We finally got her over there in the corner. And Jackal, he was going pretty fast, and his eyes were pretty big, and I get her stopped, and she says, uh, I said, well, you want to run another one? She's like, uh, no, I don't think so. And, uh, but anyways, make a long story short, Michael got on Jackal, no bridle, no problem. Right. But it was a, but it was a kind of a funny story. It was, I thought it was a great day. Well, that's cool, though. And, and, you know, for guys that don't know Jackal, one heel horse yeah, of the one, year. Yeah, one of the greatest horses that ever, ever yeah. lived, you know, and, and won, I don't know how much money at the NFR. And, and, uh, and multiple world titles. Yeah, just an just, just yeah. awesome horse, you know. Right. So. That's pretty cool to, yeah, to kind of that was, hear that was that. a fun story. <laughs>